0: Hello, my friends. Katie Day with the Move Me to Texas team here with another episode of the Real Advice Podcast. I am excited for this week's guest and the knowledge that he is going to share with us. He's an experienced sales expert with over 20 years of experience in sales, management, and leadership, and is known as a relationship builder with a results-driven approach. He and his team are dedicated to putting their clients' needs first and providing them with the best service possible. And because of that, they've sold over 800 homes over his career in Nevada. Please join me, welcoming. Mike Roll into the show. What's going on?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Uh, Awesome. So, Mike, for someone who doesn't know you, um, with you know a sales background and and things like that, how did you make the transition into real estate?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I did what a lot of real estate agents I think do. Kind of, we just stumble into it. Like, plan A didn't work, so this is like plan B as my backup being in vegas uh and a bigger guy i'm six five and back then i was like 350 pounds so i was more security um i would be like you know front door um you know guest list guy for most of these clubs Um, i did that pretty much all in my 20s um i finessed my way behind the bar with all the pretty girls and bikinis uh (laughs) at this country bar and ended up like management um that's when i met my my wife molly and uh you know it kind of it got pretty evident at that point where i mean i could continue going down this path in the nightlife industry but it was going to be full of you know cigarette smoke and late nights and getting home at four in the morning and just yeah really wasn't uh, happy and i, I was kind of depressed too because like in that scene a lot of drinking a lot of partying and just For not sure. a lot of sunlight and so that's <laughs> what i was doing and uh yeah, like i said i, I kind of stumbled into it after that we kind of said hey you know, i'm gonna try this real estate thing because me and her had bought a house we went through the process my uh my broker at the time he showed up in a pretty nice car you know superficially i'm like man i want to do what this guy does right he seems to be doing well yeah so um i got in his year and i was like hey man i'm thinking about getting my license could i work under you and he's like yeah absolutely sure thing so i did that um got licensed uh worked under him for about a year and a half a great guy but ended up not really working out um you know it felt like i was you know, he, he taught me a lot, but most of it was kind of like trial and error and just kind of figuring out on your own. And um, I had at that point, I, I had pretty much trained the whole brokerage on like the new CRMs, the new systems we were using, like evolving tech that obviously yeah. is yeah, rampant yeah, yeah. in this industry. And um, I was just, you know, I wanted to go somewhere with a little more freedom because I wanted to run my own team. And under that umbrella, it just didn't seem like it was going to be a possibility. So I switched over and I've been with my new company um, ever since for about six years now. And yeah it's been it's been phenomenal it's been uh it's surprising you know I didn't come from like a sales background but a lot of this is just people and if you can deal with drunk people on a saturday night you can usually deal with anybody
0: so Well and I'm 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 thinking that like you know the the negotiation skills that you probably had you know getting people out of out of the bar or the club probably uh were more difficult than, you know, negotiating a, a sales contract with with another agent. Sometimes I, I would think.
1: I would think. But Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a cakewalk. And it's uh, you know, you gotta be a chameleon. You know, everyone you gotta be best friends with everybody, even if you can't stand them. And that's the nature of real estate, right? You don't get to pick your clients for the most part. You show up and just and you gotta win them over, especially in this day and age, you know, like sometimes it depends on your style of, of real estate, but a lot of times like you know, they, they don't really vet these people that these agents that they're working with, like they click on a property online, you end up in their CRM, as long as you get in front of them, and you know, you are slightly agreeable, or they like you in some capacity, you should probably win the business. But that's a lot for even some agents, like it's, it's remarkable, like, all I have to do is go and meet them and not screw it up. And yet, somehow they do it anyways. I don't know what they're doing on some of these showings. But like, yeah, it's interesting.
0: So um what is your current makeup of your team as far as like lead uh pillars and things like that uh today for for y'all.
1: Yeah, so we're one of the seven teams in town that has the, the Zillow Flex account, so that's okay. It's awesome. Um it's pros and cons, right? With almost anything, there's always going to be that. Um but that's been a big pillar of ours just cuz it's exclusive. They just in October uh switched priorities to flex teams. So there were 11, now we're down to 7, so like uh, they load up the teams that are out here. So that's always good. Um, I do a lot of, you know, generate, like for my website, PPC, Facebook, um, so social media. Um, I sprinkle that in as well. I've got a couple different accounts. The UpNest account has been a pretty good uh, account for the seller leads out here in Vegas. I, I don't know if that's um, available in all markets, but it's 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 a surpri- It's a good one. It just came up like last year. We've been crushing it. And then, of course, past clients, you know, that's over 50% of our, our transactions last year. Um, So we make sure to dote on them, client appreciation events, quarterly, you know, touches, birthdays, home anniversaries, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So a ton to unpack. Um, I want to... Um, I guess start with the the things that you said last and we'll kind of work our way backwards. So, so client events, um, you know, for agents that have been in the business for a while and, you know, are selling hundreds of homes per year, you know, you have a budget, you know, you're, you're bringing in income to be able to do past client events and, and client appreciation activities. Like if I were a newer agent uh, just getting started or, or, you know, had, had been in the business for a little bit of time, what advice would you give as far as like client events on a budget?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think um, as far as the events go, I mean, you can do something as simple as, you know, the pie giveaway is the most popular one. Everyone seems to do that, but it's the most effective. And I made the error initially of inviting my entire past clients and giving them options. So it was like pecan pie, apple pie, pumpkin pie. And that was difficult to kind of keep up with. Uh, like it, And also like a pecan pie is like 22 bucks. A pumpkin pie is eight bucks. So then you start thinking, all right, and then the ass, everyone says pecan. You're like, shit. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> Get all these damn pecan pies. And so then also one other thing too, apple pies come to find out um, they mold relatively quickly. Uh, the very first pie ga- giveaway I ever had um, after we ended up giving them all away. I noticed that one of the two apple pies that were left over had like a little speckle of mold. So oh, I, God. I was the lucky guy. I got to call all of the apple pie people and let them know hey check your uh those pies make sure there wasn't any mold luckily nobody found any but that was yeah very humiliating and so needless to say i don't do apple pies i don't do pecan pies you get a pumpkin pie that's what you're getting if you want it you can come get it and yeah. i just load up and i get like hundreds of them so i think that's the best one if you want to start with it just have them come to your office it depends on how many past clients you have if you've got the bandwidth and you want to go hand deliver it, knock yourself out, but it's not realistic. If you, you know, at a certain yeah. point, obviously they need to come to you and it's a good way of just them stopping by. And it's, it's shocking too. Like I always say this where it's an $8 pumpkin pie, but people are driving like an hour, two hours from like, you know, these hoe don't just to come get a pie. Cause it's not so much the pie. It's the fact that they were thought of and people yeah. love that. And they'll, they will refer you until the moon and back. If you just do these little simple things and beyond that, like the free stuff, like we talk about a budget, like it doesn't kill you and it doesn't cost anything to call them once a quarter. Just say, Hey, how's the neighborhood? You know, there's a new restaurant that just opened up. I thought of you, you know what yeah. I mean? And then just remember their anniversary and their birthday. And I don't mean, you know, automated. Sure you can, but like give them yeah. a call, you know, one or two days out and just say, Hey, I'm thinking of you. Wanted to wish you a wonderful mm-hmm. happy birthday. And then one last thing. Um, again, this is going to be a little more expensive, but not really in terms of like percentages, as far as what we make per transaction mm-hmm. client giant has always been a popular one and one that I like hundred bucks a month. That's the one I always opt for, and they send out quarterly gifts on your behalf. They're always thoughtful. They're cute ideas, and it keeps you, you know, front and center, top of mind.
0: Well, and what I like about the Client Giant ones is that they are like curated a little bit, right? So it's not something that you know you would probably go out and make yourself kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's you know kind of done for you once you kind of plug everyone into the system. Um, so shout out to Client Giant on that. Sure. Um, I I. I love when people have advice and it's like quirky advice, like you're, you know, don't do apple pie because they mold quickly. And like, as soon as you said that, I I was going to interrupt you and be like, and how do we know this? You know, because it's like, it's always those mistakes and those things that happen and you're like, shit, I am never doing this again. Uh, And, and anyone that's been in the business for a while or done client events for a while, like has one or two of those nuggets that are like, you know, this, this happened and it, it. Was not good.
1: <laughs> totally, a life lesson. You know, it's one thing I'll never forget, and I'll damn sure never do the uh, apple pie giveaway again. So it's yeah, just, you know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I do love an apple pie, though. So that's that's unfortunate. Um, I just eat it so quickly that you know, it's never moldy in my <laughs> kitchen, you know, it's, it's gone, it's gone same day when I'm going back for like thirds and fourths of, of pie, but, um, oh all right. So you guys, you guys do a decent amount of like, you know, past clients, which is great. Um, you know, because those obviously referrals from people and them transacting again are, are such a uh, high conversion rate. Um, you mentioned a lot of different online leads, right? So Zillow, um, PPC, you know, social media ads and things like that what would be like a couple tips that you would give for agents that are looking to convert those? Cause like, you know, you hear often like, Oh, well these leads are shit, right? Like, Oh, these leads suck. Um, and it's really, they're just not ready today. Right. So like, what, what advice would you give to someone on, on converting online leads?
1: Yeah. Just understanding, you know, what that lead looks like, you know, for, if we're, if we're talking or comparing a Zillow or realtor.com lead to a PPC lead, it's, they're just different conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're gonna pay a premium, you know, for the Zillows and Realtor.coms. They'll convert in 30, 60, 90 days. And but you're gonna pay top dollar for them. You know, PPC is kind of one of those where it's a little bit more expensive than like your run-of-the-mill Facebook, but the lead quality is better. And yeah, in our market, it's about 400 days on average for those to close. So I always just tell my my agents up front, like, listen, this is the long play. Like, That's why we have Zillow and PPC. These Zillow ones are going to pop pretty immediate, right? Um, But, you know, we're going to get your pipeline up. We're going to fatten that up to where like in a year or two, once you've been in the system long enough, these things are just popping routinely. Um, So they just have to understand what that process looks like. But I mean, like, it's all about the follow-up. And that's the biggest thing where these, most agents that don't succeed just fail to understand that. And I'm not talking two or three phone calls and an email. Like you have to be borderline, Ex girlfriend, ex boyfriend, psycho follow up status. Like, I think the average out here is like 12 uh, call attempts before you get a hold of them. And you got to understand something too. Like, put yourself in the shoes of the consumer nowadays. If they put yeah. their information online, they leave their name, number, and email, they are getting inundated with
0: phone calls from For lenders. Sure. You're not the lenders. only website. Yeah.
1: There's 20 different agents just calling them. So what would you do if all of a sudden your phone was ringing off the hook? You just, you would stop answering. You're like, screw this. Like I'm going off the grid here for a bit. Like this is crazy. And then on day four and day five, day seven, day 10, it starts to slow down a little bit. And the ones that continue to stick around and make those calls, that's when you find successful. That's why it takes those additional phone calls, but you have to hang in there. You're rarely going to get them on the first attempt.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I've seen the stats, right, of like the, the amount of agents that are calling zero, one, two, three, you know, up to 20 times or whatever, right? And then the conversion percentage, you know, significantly increases the more attempts that are made. Uh, but the people, you know, I think it's most people don't call more than five times. Most people don't even call once, right? Um, but it's it's interesting to see, to see those numbers. And I think the persistence is the biggest thing. Um, and so you said, when you said 400 days is that for a PPC from when it comes in to when they're transacting or closing?
1: On average lead acquisition to close. Okay. 400 days for us.
0: Interesting. Um, I love, I love those stats because then you can kind of train around that, right. Um, and coach around that with your agents. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, I love tracking numbers of things and, and, and having that accountability so that, you know, you're able to be able to, you know, provide those numbers. um, Okay so you said the other the other lead source that you were talking about is like Upnest and things like that and so correct me if i'm wrong but i think Upnest is one of those that like you're signed up for and then you pay a referral fee at closing is that Yeah, yeah.
1: And you have to like offer a certain enticing uh like listing percentage and that's negotiable and that can change when you get to the appointment but they're not going to click on you unfortunately if you're off if you're asking just a, like a six percent listing agreement if that's what you're offering they're not going to um you know hit you up on that so yeah it does sting a little bit um as far as you know having to sometimes discount it and then also pay a referral on top it can be frustrating but again you know you got to think big picture too like more sticks in the yard more opportunities. That's
0: yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. So digging a little bit deeper on that, like when you guys get a listing, um, you know, commission aside and and money aside, what are the things that y'all are doing to leverage that for more listings?
1: Yeah, so I mean QR codes on your listing signs, obviously, like capturing information for every single interested buyer that drives by that property. Um, you know, brochures in the little pamphlet holder, um, obviously that gets a lot of calls just because my agent's not doing that. Um, but honestly, like a lot of it is just like instead of just Treating it as a listing that you're looking to sell, like that you're also taking advantage of all the the leads that are coming in and following up just like they were any other lead. And then, of course, it goes without saying, you know, as far as farming that particular area or just sending out just, you know, just listed, just solds, um, highly effective. We haven't done this yet, um, but my buddy, uh, he's doing it. He said he's getting success. It's just voicemail drops in mass uh, for the subdivision. So you just close 123 Main Street, you call 100 homes and just a voicemail drop. Hey, we just closed 123 Main Street for a record price interested in blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, we do that as well. Um, so we, we try to unfortunately, like sometimes, you know, there's no excuse, but we do get a little busy to where we're not able to, to leverage the listings as much as we would like. Um, but I guess that's a good problem.
0: Yeah, it's tough. We when we saw like things starting to slow down, you know, in I guess that would have been like twenty twenty two, you know, and, and moving into twenty twenty three, that was when we were like, Okay, we've got to go back to doing all the things, right? Like we have to to hit the list and and you know, even if the seller wants it listed today, like then all hands on deck to to start doing the things because we we knew that uh with longer days on market we we needed to step up our marketing to to get to uh as many eyes on the property as possible. Right to stand out for sure. For sure. Um, okay. So as far as, um, building the team, um, how long have you had the team?
1: So I've had the team, I guess if you could call it a team probably for like four years, maybe five, but it was very small. It was me admin and maybe an agent that would just help with the overflow.
0: Awesome. Um, and so as far as, um, like starting the team, having an admin, having another agent, I feel like that's one of the the best ways to kind of kick things off. Um, but what advice would you give to someone if they were kind of at that crossroads, right? And they're like, okay, I need to do something because I don't have enough time. I don't have enough bandwidth to help the clients that you know want me to help them. Um, whether it's starting a team or leveraging somehow, how how would you advise them?
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's something I was talking to a guy at the gym today. Um, about I was uh, he wants to get like an assistant full time, you know, forty hours a week. And I was like, what all would you have, you know, him or her do? And he started to tell me a couple things, but had trouble like filling a forty-hour work week. And I'm like, yeah. hey man, you know, you don't have to fill this position immediately. And also, like, I would strongly consider a virtual assistant to start with. Mm-hmm. You know, they're four hours, five hours, six hours, but they do great work. They're you know, it, it's a little bit more difficult to track, but there's software available that'll let you know how many hours that they're working what percentage they are spending on certain websites and making sure that they're not goofing around on Yahoo or something like that. Um, and they'll do a lot of these administrative tasks that, you know, you just don't have time to do. And then what I would do is start them on 20 hours, maybe 30 hours. Yeah. And once you get them up to 40 hours and you have an avatar of what you're looking for, as far as that assistant goes, then you can plug in a real person. Um, I'm also a big fan like of showing partners, um, you know, like they're basically, on salary and they get like a little small bonus on every every deal that they handle. Yeah. Um, my current one, um, I don't even call her my my showing partner. She's my managing partner because she's literally my partner. She's brilliant. I've been working with her for like eight years. I'm lucky to have her. Um but le- she really will do most of everything. You know what I mean? She'll start she'll she'll call them, she'll convert them, she'll handle the escrow, closing everything. Um and you know it's a trade off. Look at it. Sorry, my ball sorry about that okay yeah so um where was i even at
0: (laughs) yeah so you're so out of curiosity you know you're saying that your your partner you know showing partner or as you jokingly say managing partner like um is doing a lot and has been with you for many years have they always been in that role or um yeah have they always been in that role
1: yeah so not initially so she was initially like just my admin that's where it started she would help out with like the tc stuff um, helping me run comps, just administrative things. And then um recently, because that's what she liked to do. She her at you know, where she was at in her life, she had kids in school. She wanted to just she didn't want to have to be driving around, right? And she yeah. liked the consistent pay of a salary um and then just some bonuses per file. Recently, her her last kid graduated. Um, so she's like, I got time, like let's do this. And she's like, I would have loved to have her in those position sooner. Um yeah. but she just didn't want it. And now she just kind of wants to be kept busy. Um, and it's one of these things, too, where like, yeah, sure, they make less considerably than what they would make if they were an, a regular agent, but they wouldn't have that consistent salary. Um, and they wouldn't have like a ton of the, op, the, the clientele that we have, because a lot of it's just my SOI, right? So they can go and they can try to piece it together, maybe do like four to eight deals in a year, or you're getting a piece of literally 40, 50 transactions plus salary, like that consistent income that some people, yeah. so many people strive for in this industry.
0: Uh, well, no, and that's interesting too that the role has changed over the years, you know. Um, and I think that in a lot of teams that I talk to, I see that right that you know maybe you come in doing one thing, um, and then as you know the organization needs other things, and as your life changes, like uh, you can sometimes adjust your your duties and responsibilities and stuff like that. So that's cool uh, that y'all have worked together for so long because that's uh, I feel like a little rare in this industry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm
1: lucky to have the same with my uh, ops manager I've had for, I mean, since the inception of the team, like I've worked with them, like in some capacity for since the beginning, like when I say the team team's been around for five years, but like, you know, I wouldn't really say the team like was a thing until five years, but I had still been working with, you know, Amber was my ops manager, given her opportunities when I couldn't service certain clients. And like I said, Charmaine's been doing my paperwork since I can remember. <laughs> I'm just fortunate to have both of them. Very lucky.
0: Well, and so what I'm hearing you say, too, is like even before you had a team with agents and things like that, you had admin support and you had people that were helping you to, you know, sell a lot of homes every year.
1: Yeah. And kind of to piggyback what you just mentioned, too, like how things evolve. Like that's a big thing I tell agents also. Like don't think that you need to have everything figured out before you attack, like before you start doing put put an action behind it. Like just put something together. It's going to be sloppy. But eventually you'll figure it out, you know, because that's truly like I always mention, uh, like Netflix, for example, Netflix initially, you know, their business model was they were sending you DVDs in the mail. Right. Or <laughs> Amazon. Amazon. They were an online bookstore. Yep. You know, what I mean? Fast forward to now look at them, you know, completely yeah. different business models, highly successful business models. But if they just sat back and they waited for everything to be perfect, they'd never launch and we'd yeah. never even know about them. But they just said, you know what, screw it, we're going to do this, we're going to mess up along the way, and we're going to put the pieces together as we go. And that's exactly what they did. And that's I think every entrepreneur needs to have that mindset, is it's not going to be perfect, and it's fine, but just go out there and continually put action towards your, your goals, and eventually you'll you'll piece it together.
0: What's the ready, fire, aim, I think, is the... Yeah. The, the saying on that um i think that so many people just don't want to start or are scared to start or you know i and I, I know i do it too sometimes right where i'm like okay well we need to have all of these things lined up but it's like sometimes you just need to commit to doing it and at least get some action going so that you can get some momentum totally 100 100 agree um that's awesome. So you mentioned as well that that social media is another kind of lead pillar that you guys have. And so, how has that changed or or evolved over time? Because I feel like even in the past like couple years, you know, social media has changed a lot. So so what um, you know, I see a lot of video content, you know, that that y'all are putting out and things like that. So how has social evolved for you uh, in your career?
1: Yeah. So with social, it used to be like when I was especially newer because you could get, you know, Facebook leads for less than a dollar. I started I just loaded up with those. But then I'd find out like, man, these really are super hard to convert. And trust me, I'm calling them. They just don't answer. It's bad information or whatever. So and then it's got it's gotten even worse because it's so saturated now where I kind of gave up on lead acquisition in regards to social media, but I yeah. do a little remarketing retargeting through social media. So if you're my database, obviously you're going to see all my stuff and it's just adding to the brand, the credibility of the brand. Um, but more specifically what we're doing in the social media world is a lot more recruiting based um, just cause that's your, your demographic um, of just, you know, real estate agents. So I usually will push out content regarding, you know, Just usually content that's good for somebody who's new or struggling in the industry, like freeways of getting business or open house strategies, like stuff that's like, you know, a lot of us learn those are the basics. But some of these agents, they don't learn the basics, you know, they're just thrown out there and they're supposed to figure it out. So it's like I give them the free game and if they like it, then maybe they want to schedule an interview and meet with me. And, you know, if they're a good fit, they join the team. So I find that's been my most success uh, in the social media world is just recruitment and agent attraction. And I kind of got away from overall lead acquisition. But it's important, you should still be remarketing, retargeting to all of your leads in your database.
0: Well, I mean, and and when you think about social media, it's like, um, if I'm scrolling on social, I'm not really thinking about buying a home, I may see a cool home and click on it, right? And, and potentially give you my information, right? But like, I, my intent on social is to either, you know, be entertained or informed or whatever, like, it's not looking for my next home right so it's just like it's not the intent isn't there like if you were googling like homes for sale in henderson right so um totally totally get it um you know we we ran them for a while um and used to be able to get pretty specific you know and so again the retargeting game uh is great and running ads on people that have already been to your website or been to different places uh is definitely a good move
1: And and you nailed it too. Like it literally is when you're on Instagram or Facebook, you're just picture clicking. That's all you're doing. And then what happens is if you click the the picture, it auto fills the the crap And and then you just yeah, yeah. And you're like, all right, cool. I just want to see you know what the pool looks like or whatever. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's all it's all, it's so bad. (laughs) And then that's why I talk to team members sometimes, or I talk to would be team members. Like yeah yeah they promised me leads at this other spot. And I'm like, "What kind? Like that's an important conversation to have because yeah. I can give you I, I'll load you up. I'll give you 20, 30 a day if you want. It's going to cost me 15 cents cuz I'm getting through <laughs> Facebook."
0: Um so along those same lines, you know, you said that you are getting a lot of agents from social and things like that. And so I sure I'm sure you talk to a lot of agents, right? As you're looking to grow the team and and all that, right? Yep. Um and so if I were a brand new agent just got my license, and I were like looking for a brokerage or looking for a team to join. What would be the top like two or three questions that I should ask you, like as my team lead?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously leads are important. What kind of leads? Um, a lot of people get hung up on commissions. Like, what are your splits? It's fine, I understand. Like, that's important, but I'd ask what your agents making instead. Um, you know, obviously, if yeah, you, you can have the best split in the world, but if you're doing zero business, it doesn't really equate. Um, so that's a better question. What do your agents make annually on average, like a year one agent, year two agent, year three agent? Yeah. And then what do you provide that other companies may not provide? In my instance, we we, we, we uh, do mentorship. Um, that's huge. Like that one-on-one handholding, that accountability piece is massive. Um, you know, again, in the, the real estate world, like you fog a mirror, you can join my brokerage. I don't care. Like it's, it doesn't cost me a penny to bring you on because I'm not giving you leads. doesn't take any time because I'm not giving you guidance or mentorship. Like just come on in and hopefully sell a house to your sister, or brother, and you'll be out in two years, like 93% of you. So it's just like, that's kind of where we're at. So my, my value proposition is a little bit different. Um, but I also invest quite a bit financially with my time, energy, my mentors, which are my top, like two of my top producers, um, We invest a lot in them. So we just want to make sure that they're a good fit. So it does go both ways. We're not that type of team that just brings on any agent. Like, they have to be yeah. a good
0: fit. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I mean, I think that it's important. And and one thing that I always tell people when they're um, interviewing or I talk to them or they just ask for advice is, is like, as a an agent, like, you're interviewing the broker, just, just as much as like, you know, if you're the, if you're the, you know, broker and team lead and I'm the agent, like as much as you are making sure that I'm a good fit for you, like we, it's, it, the, the road goes both ways. Right. And so, um, you know, where you said many will just let anyone join. You want to make sure that you're, you know, figuring out what is the best fit and asking questions. And I really like, um, asking how much agents make, right. As opposed to the splits. Um, cause very many people get hung up on splits but you know 100 percent of zero is still zero
1: yeah i always flip it on them when they ask me that i'm like it's a great question and i asked the same question when i was in their seat you know eight years ago what are the splits um but i mean think beyond that you know it's it's not just about splits it's about overall income what are you doing how many deals are you closing
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure um so question for you on like personal development front and things like that. Is there anything that you like listen to or read or like pay attention to on like the, the personal development side?
1: Yeah. I mean like I'm a big time reader. Um, when I go to the gym, I typically will do like a, a low steady incline on the treadmill to where I can I can still read.
0: Oh, um, like physically with a – Yeah.
1: I, I still like the hard copy books. Okay. So. I like it. Yeah, I've never switched to the dark side. I like to keep them too. Like, it's nice. I put them on my bookshelf I've got, I've and got I, can, some books. I can loan it out. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, if there's a new book that comes out, I typically have my hands on it. My issue is like, I feel like sometimes I go through them too quickly and I don't implement or like I'll find myself finishing a book and then like weeks later, People like, "Hey, what'd you get out of that book?" And I'm, i can't even recite a single anything. It's like it's there's no implementation. It's just a—it's <laughs> just over overwhelming abundance of lots input. of words. Yeah. So my best, um, what I what I genuinely enjoy as far as just like personal development is just surrounding yourself. I think that's the biggest thing with people who are like-minded individuals. Um, We were connected through uh, Rachel Novak, her husband, um, Mike Novak, and then another buddy, um, Colton Whitney. I'm out of California. We all have real estate companies, real estate teams, and we're the the leads. And we're also big um, opponents of fitness. We like to get in the gym, but also like everybody else, we struggle getting up in the morning. You know what I mean? It's Yeah. And so what we did was last year, we put together a uh, an accountability group where we have to check in. It's with an app called Marco Polo, which is just a video like text message service. And I've got a text, I got to pay hey guys, I'm up at four in the morning, Monday through Friday. They have to do the same to me, uh, just saying, hey, we're up and at it. We're about to hit the gym. If they don't, or if I don't, I got to Venmo them each $50. So it's a hundred bucks per miss check-in. And uh, this really helped as far as getting me up earlier, because it was a struggle. Sure. But when there's money on the line and you have your buddies that are in the battle with you, that it just makes it that much easier. And you kind of don't want to let them down. And it's, you know, reciprocated. So I, I think that accountability piece um, and having a good tribe around you is the biggest part of personal development. But books and podcasts, I'm a big fan of Jocko. Uh, anything real estate related, I'm going to listen to um, Ed Mylett as well. I love that guy. You know, you name it. I'm, I'm probably interested in some capacity.
0: For sure, for sure. I love Ed Milette. Um, I saw him at a conference actually in Vegas, I think, um, a few years back. And so I've I've been a huge fan since. Um, I always feel like when you hear someone speak live or you go to a concert or something like that, right? Like it increases my like for someone, you know, yeah. and, and respect for them after I've kind of heard them. Um, so this is a completely unrelated question, but you know, obviously I know Novak and I know Colton. Um, would you say where would you say your arm size ranks? Between them,
1: <laughs> that's a great question. So yeah, we actually we do the measurements. So yeah. Colin's a little bit smaller. um That okay. dude looks like he's he's chiseled out of <laughs> granite, like he's a beautiful specimen. I tell him all the time. um And he so he's he's probably under two hundred. I'm two hundred and seventy pounds. Okay, but I'm six foot five. Mike Novak is about two hundred and fifty five, two hundred and sixty pounds, and he's I think five ten, five eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah that dude is all mass, all muscle. So I'm going to go Colton. I love you, but your arms are a little bit smaller than mine than me. And then Novak. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Um, and I don't, I don't even know if Colton's that beautiful, but his arms are very nice. So, you know, if, if you're listening buddy, uh, we love you, but you know, <laughs> all yeah. right. Sorry. I had to, I had to throw that in because I, I, uh knew the connection through Novak. I knew that uh, y'all were all in the fitness realm together. So had to had to throw that in. Of course, take a shot at Colton whenever I can. Um, all right. So I'll hit you with the one last question that I ask everyone on the pod. And that is, if it was your last meal, what would you be eating?
1: Uh, that's an awesome question. I'm, yeah. I guess I'm going to be lame and probably just say like uh, a T-bone steak, Um, you know, potatoes, like... And then some sort of super fatty, like dessert, brownie, a la mode with ice cream, like a hot chocolatey brownie with like loads of vanilla ice cream on top of it. That would probably be my go-to. And then certain days, like, you know, sushi, you know, but like, you know, I, I'm not a picky eater. I'll eat anything really. And I enjoy it for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess if it was my last meal, I have to, I'd have to say a T-bone steak, potatoes and um, some some fatty dessert.
0: I love it i i would be a fan of that as well um, if someone doesn't already follow you on social where is the best place for them to connect with you
1: yeah so my instagram or uh facebook is mike roland just my name um i also have the team account the roland team that's going to be an instagram handle and then the unlikely agent is a podcast as well um, that i run and there's also an instagram page they all have facebook pages too so mike roland the Roland team, or the unlikely agent is where you'll find me.
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, I appreciate you so much for sharing and uh, look forward to hopefully seeing you sometime soon.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I appreciate you.